Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. Welcome to the Get Happy with Jay podcast. I'm your host, Jutan Woods. In this episode, we'll be talking about segregation. I know you may be thinking, segregation, Jay, this is 2019, not 1920. As difficult as it may be to accept, many parts of the U.S. are more segregated now than before the civil rights movement. My guest today brought this subject to my attention. He sent me an article that was written from a study completed about the community where we live. As it turns out, Peoria, Illinois was named the number one city in America for racially segregated schools and number six in the country for racially segregated housing. In addition to these recent findings, two years ago, Peoria was named the worst city in the U.S. for African Americans. I thank my guest for bringing up this issue as it begs much discussion and attention. Welcome, friend of the podcast, Pastor Quentin Brown. Now, let's get into it. The problem is one that's deeply layered, and those layers include drugs, crime, poverty. What do you think? Yeah, you got some of everything going on. And for this information to be released, for um, Peoria being the most racially segregated um, school system in the country just brought up oh, a whole slew of other issues that have mm-hmm. already been connected with this and dealing with the impoverished sides of town, mm-hmm. lack of grocery stores, lack of economic development, and a lot of different things like this. And all of this is a cascade to everything that's really going on in this city and also now has to be addressed in Mm -hmm. a bigger way and also us as individuals in our role of saying okay enough is enough okay let's band together and come together with um, different ones just as we brought it before we got candidates that are running for offices or for city councils and different positions and different Mm -hmm. things like that and holding them responsible for now changing this curve that's being um, evident in the eyes of people. Now, um, this this um, issue that has been brought out even about the school system of things that we really have to deal with because mm-hmm. being a segregated school, and I already understand this because I grew up um, in a school district, I'm not gonna name it, but we were <laughs> top number five in the country. Mm-hmm. When you come to a, a city later on in life and now you're at a, a worse segregated school system in a country and you come from a system that was number five and you have everything in, from every um, race um, you can name, you see the differences and mm-hmm. understand that there's a disparity in that education that you receive. Yes. Um, you go from students that are initiated in, in high school to be pushed to do college prep courses and all these different things to a system mm-hmm. that, that does not have a lot of equal opportunity 
Mm -hmm. um, maybe not the technology that it's needed like other schools. Yeah. And also a lack of not now diversity and other things as well. So you have problems everywhere. And so these things have to be addressed because it's going to take toll yeah. on the schools, but also it's going to take toll on the children yes. because of the fact that they're not going to have. And um, their future because the you cannot. You cannot possibly be prepared for college when you haven't been doing college preparatory classes. And I always tell my kids, I never look at where you are right now. I Mm -hmm. look at the world system. Yeah. I look at school uh, around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at, um, I forgot if it was Austria or wherever that is, that they're learning programming at 12 years old in school mm-hmm. coding all these different things and mm-hmm. developing programs and also have developed inventions already mm-hmm. to do certain things and they have patents and things out there mm-hmm. you're competing against that yeah we have uh, several young people that are almost billionaires mm-hmm. because they've uh, coded uh, software and programs at like 11 12 yeah. years old and you're like my goodness so we have to be prepared for the future and it takes a whole different mindset because a big part of the problem and the um, economic disparity is that the manufacturing job system it's dead and it's not coming back and that's hard for people to um to accept and I know 45 came in with all these lies and grandiose ideas about bringing back manufacturing it's not happening technology has surpassed our old ideas of manufacturing so it used to be in this community where we had a, a thriving south side in all sides of town because you could have just a high school diploma and you could get a decent job at like a Caterpillar or some other manufacturer and you could make a really good living wage. And retire. Yeah, and you could retire. You could buy a home. You could help your kids through college. All the things that all Americans want to do, you used to be able to do that in this community. And when manufacturing has gone, that's taken a toll on this community. And therefore, it's it's even more important for the schools to prepare kids for the present and the future, that that's no longer an option. So you have to have all different new skill sets. Yeah. And you, if you really want to look at it, and, and it's not been brought up too much, but you're almost, as we talk about the segregation issue and the different things that are going on, what's made the African-American community um, a great force in this nation, you have to go back to the early years of entrepreneurship. We Mm -hmm. developing our own businesses, developing our own communities, developing the things that need to be developed in our own areas, and people becoming their own businessmen and business ladies out there that are that that have ideas and starting corporations and having the accessibility to that capital to do those things that need to be done because it's not just going to come to us we're at that stage now that you already see it's not just going to come to you so now it's at the stage of entrepreneurship and building the things that are going to be needed for this community and to continue to push any kind of development that comes through. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to take seeds of the community um, yourself and do the things that need to be done. Yeah. And it's going to have to go back into those days Mm -hmm. of us 
um, taking that role in that. Yeah, we have to train our kids now with the mindset of being entrepreneurs, of creating your own opportunities, because no one's going to necessarily give you that. You can't you can no longer count on any type of job where you can go and retire from anymore. I don't care what it is. That idea is like gone. So therefore, it's like, what do you do to to plan for the future? Well, like you said, being an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. being that, having that business mindset, you just have to. You have to create your own opportunities where there may be none. And one of the things I also looked at in our community that has not been taught, even in the school system, as much as before, is the fact of how to invest. Yes. Showing our young people how to invest in the stock market, into those things, NASDAQ system, all of those different things that that you can cause individuals to be part of ownerships of corporations mm-hmm. and to show them the wealth of that and what they can do inside of that as well as a wealth building tool for part of their economy. It's not just the job itself, but it's what you do also outside of that job, investing in what you have also that can create a wealth built for the future. And us, we're not in that system. We're not in um, when it comes to investing in stocks and things like mm-hmm. that. We are not even close to yeah, percentage. Too, too few of us do that. Yeah, 2% only. Wow. And out of 100 are And really, that's part of the wealth gap. Yeah, it is. And but... You also see that that wealth that is being built in that stock market system, we're not included in there at all. No. And, that's, and that's the sad part of it because we're not being educated enough to know about that system mm-hmm. and how to invest in corporations and take your money for the long term or short term mm-hmm. and convert those things into something that can bring some wealth and some money into your life. Yeah. And if not yours, your children's, that's yeah. part of, of building your legacy, yeah. being able to leave something behind. Um, <clears throat> one big part of the problem in a lot of urban communities, and we definitely see it in ours, is um the crack epidemic. I mean, there's so much talk now and money being, you know, flowing into the opiate mm-hmm. crisis. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hello, the crack crisis has been decimating our community since the early 80s, if not late 70s. Yeah. And that's been a big part of the decline in, in urban areas that no one wants to talk about. No, it's like all of a sudden, oh, opiates. Are, and, I'm, and there is a difference. I mean, opiates are more deadly. They're killing people mm-hmm. quickly at a large number. But you cannot discount how the crack addiction has also killed people. Yeah. Oh, gradually over time, that contributed to both my parents' deaths. Um And you can see it still in the community that we have people that are still addicted to crack cocaine. And I don't want that issue to not be in the spotlight because we're so concerned about opiates, which I understand that. But crack has just, I mean, look at what it's done to families. Mm -hmm. But it's also something, there was a documentary that was being done on the teardown of African-American communities. And it was one of the things that was brought into the community. And it was Mm -hmm. not brought in by us. No, it was brought in intentionally to do what it did. And major people that had major money that understood the economics of tearing down um, the African-American communities and stopping them from being progressive. And when we had those kinds of jobs and all the different things and when manufacturing started moving out and those kind of jobs, they moved out. 
they had to leave something behind that would be a sure kill for that community and that's what crack was and that's what those kinds of drugs and different things that implement communities are doing to those communities and you see those kinds of things in the poorest communities mm-hmm. that are magnified the most yes you know, yes it's happening in other affluent communities mm-hmm. but not as much as the poorer communities and because of the fact of the lack of resources mm-hmm. in those kind of communities. And then you have to look at the justice system mm-hmm. and how there are people languishing in prison to this day that were found back in the in the early 80s with low amounts of crack cocaine mm-hmm. that basically were given pretty much what amounts to life sentences. Oh, yep. And, and that's a part of it, too. How many of our men have been pulled out of those communities that need to be there to be fathers to their children, wives to their husbands, and they're in prison for low-level drug crimes and offenses? Yeah, but it, it fuels the, the prison system into what the prison system has become, mm-hmm. the, as they call it, the new Jim Crow. Yes. Because of the <laughs> fact that they have used the prison system to to use these prisoners to make products for corporations mm-hmm. and they're paid pennies a day slave wages yep. and 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 these corporations are getting over and making tons of money on this mm-hmm. but they keep fueling the system by the laws that have been instated mm-hmm. by these different things that have um um have, have caused um stalemates to to us moving forward but also to to the prison system holding and binding people in there mm-hmm. for these number of years for these small offenses because of laws that have been passed years ago mm-hmm. have never been changed on the books and and we're fighting to move forward into things that 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 are still affecting our community mm-hmm. drugs poverty lack of 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 quality education lack of what grocery stores lack of mm-hmm. all the things that are necessary to make a community thrive yes. are being taken away and and the things that are being added are negative influences and things and negative devices mm-hmm. that are causing the demise of so many communities all over. But uh, back to education, at least briefly, I really became aware of the problems with our education system uh, several years ago when my husband and I were raising my niece and she was um, in high school. I won't say which one. And I used to question her all the time, like, why is it that you never bring books home? And she said to me, because we don't have our own books. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Each kid doesn't have a set of books. She's like, no, we only get the books while we're in in those particular classes. And I'm like, how can you study and effectively pass tests when you can't bring those books home? Mm-hmm. Like, and she didn't have much homework either because for the same thing, they weren't sending homework home because there was no books to do the, from which to do the homework. You can't. And I'm like, how on earth can you be academically ready to move on to college in an environment like that where you don't even have your own books? And then you got to buy your books and you don't have no real thrive to buy something that you never had too much in high school. Right. You know, if I, if I didn't have no books in high school, what is going to motivate me to want some books in college? Yeah, to spend a thousand dollars or more on your books in yeah, school because it's it's not a value. There's no right. value put on it. If you don't put any value on it in in high school, what's important? Books are important. But the problem is you're not even academically capable no. because you're not at the same level as the other college freshmen coming in. Yep. 
divided playing field already. Yeah. And that's what segregation does. So you're already does. at a negative. Exactly. That's exactly what segregation does. Yeah. And we welcome Karen Wilson. Hey. hey, I'm a little under the weather, but I'm up in here. All right. <laughs> and I really wanted to talk to you, Karen, and have you uh, in particular be a part of this panel because we've got a local election coming up the end yes, of this month. Mm-hmm. And I know you have been attending um, these forums with candidates and has anything about urban Peoria been addressed to these candidates that want our votes? Well, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I would say not really. Uh, they all say, "Oh, we need economic uh, development," and but I haven't really seen an action plan. You know, um, about bringing in head of household jobs. I haven't really seen anybody. You know, even talk about courting. You know, another Fortune 500 because, as we all know. Um, you know, uh, Caterpillar's halfway out of here. And, and if you don't believe that, I've got a bridge in Florida I'm going to sell you. But, um, you know, healthcare is, is where we're going. But we also need to, um, you know, retrain for technology jobs, those type of things that I haven't really heard anybody talking about that. So then what are they saying to try to even earn votes? If you have no plan, then how, do you, how are you supposed to earn my vote? A lot of them are running on just name recognition only, mm-hmm. and uh, they just, it's kind of, I call it kind of the Hillary effect, where you just, because of who I am, you're just supposed to vote. Don't tell me that, Kara. <laughs> well, you know. Well, we can't totally throw Hillary under the bus no. because she had the qualifications. Yeah, well, she was better than what's up there now, let's mm-hmm. just say that. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's just you really have to um, take it upon yourself to fact check. Mm-hmm. really vet people, um, really get in there and, you know, whoever, you know, regardless of party, whoever is rocking what you're talking about, that's who you need to be, align yourself with. My thing is, and I know I'm probably going to get slammed, but that's okay. I stand alone a lot of times. Um, this whole cumulative voting thing, um, I really, in 27 years, it hasn't really worked for us. Mm-hmm. And and I know they're trying to tell you to just pick one person, but in my estimation, um, you know, I know that, that in other places they do it, but for here, it, it really hasn't worked in our favor. And so, you know, once you get in that ballot uh, box, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. But to me, picking one person, it's almost like uh, like only black people vote for black people and only white people vote for white people. And that's not the case anymore. Maybe it was 30 years ago or whatever when that was enacted. But now I think people are a little more comprehensive than that. And You'd like to think. I would think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you really have to go with with the issues and, and who speaks to you. I find it disheartening that at none of these forums, any of these studies and Karen, I know that, you know, you're a little bit late coming in, but we've talked we've talked about the study that just recently came out that finds that Peoria is the number one city in the country for segregated schools. Oh, yeah. And we're number six for segregated housing. I believe. And we had talked about the fact that just a couple of years ago, we were number one for the worst city in America for Mm African-Americans. And to know that these issues are not being brought up to these candidates who want to lead our community. I mean, it's, it's horrible. 
It is. And, and I, I often think about what my mom used to say. She said, we all want validation. We all want, you know, the white picket fence, what the Joneses have or whatever. But sometimes I feel like um, trying to keep up with what everybody else has. You don't they, there's no desire to have your own. I don't subscribe to everything that Minister Farrakhan says, but doing for yourself, I'm totally down with that. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Kid, you have to raise your children with an entrepreneurial mindset because you have to be able to create your own opportunities because no one's giving you anything, especially as a person of color. I work with a girl and it's like, I don't, it's like, oh man, I got to like raise these kids and, and, and stuff. But I thank God for my mom for always teaching us to be in charge of ourselves, handle your money, um, having self-esteem. This one, every time she's like, well, I'm weird. or I don't, I was like, stop saying that. I was like, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I said, if you have to get up every day and say, thank you, God, for waking me up today. Thank you, God, for whatever. But I was just like, she has no sense of direction. She's 22 years old. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I was, I said, get off the internet. Her whole thing is the, is the, which I said, you know, I'm, I'm a seventies kid. We didn't have that stuff until we mm-hmm. got to be an adult. You know what I'm saying? I didn't get a phone until I bought it. So, <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, just interacting. Cause I said, you, I said, get off that internet. I said, go uh, join a book club or, or get with the park district. I said, that's how you make friends. I said, I yeah. talk to people every day I don't know those people and they probably are like who is this crazy lady walking down the hallway but I always speak and say it, hello it's so important and this is another thing that's so awful about segregation it allows you to be separated from people that are different from you mm-hmm. whether it's race religion whatever and when you get in your own little bubble to where everybody looks like you everybody thinks like you it's so easy to get sucked into hatred and That's back and back to education. One of our suburban areas, what was it just last year um, in Metamora at the high school where there's only like maybe two or three black kids in that school. And one of the kids, um, some students put like a noose in his locker or something. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect example like that when you have these homogenized schools. Well, that's and the pushback groups. that I have against the homeschooling mm-hmm. because I feel like they think they're, um, you have to be able to, to uh, interact and deal with other people unlike you. Yeah, they might have. Because you're going to have to. You that's, ha- that's the way Sooner life later, is. Yeah. Even if it's not until you get in the workplace, right. hello, you're going to be working with people that don't look like you, you that don't believe like you. You learn stuff in that mm-hmm. sandbox that nobody else can teach you. Fight for that toy. Take that. You know, mom yeah. said, uh, she said, a littlest thing in the house, fighting everything. She said, I knew you were going to be okay when at seven months, Brian took a toy from you and snatched it back. Yes, I did. You need <laughs> to learn that everything is not. Um, going to be the way you think it's supposed to be that not everybody's going to like you you know sandbox chronicles I mean and I fought a lot as a kid because of the way I look you know I was bullied but I fought back I, my dad he's like if somebody starts it finish it and I want results okay <laughs> so yeah. um, you know so and that's just my nature I fought to get in this world but you know I, I mean you have to learn how to deal with people that don't agree with you that don't you know, I mean, that's one of the things that at, um, at ISU that they do. We have a lot of group projects. To me, I'd rather fail on my own than to worry about what so-and-so did or didn't do. But it teaches you to be a team player. And mm-hmm. I think the homeschoolers, they have their own little society and they don't branch out. And, um, you know, I wonder if, if all this, um, 
you know, all these mass shootings and stuff is because people have, don't know how to learn how to uh, about despair. You know, it all starts at, I always use the, the analogy with the birthday party. I said, when we were little, if you had one, only the birthday person gets a present. When did they start doing the favors? Mm-hmm. That the, yeah. the sense of entitlement. When did mm-hmm. that crap start? You know, you know, every time you go someplace, you're not going to get every, get something. Right. You know, like going it's shopping. It's not all about you. Well, exactly. That's, that's exactly. Big thing about the the education system of parents giving them this big graduation for eighth grade because yeah. of the fact that they feel that they're not going to get out for high school. Right. So let me do it now. Yeah, they're getting yeah, limos we never and stuff had, for eighth grade. Did you have an eighth grade graduation? We never had that in No, Gilbert. we okay. didn't. Okay. No, we didn't. I didn't think it's so. like a pass by. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you did good. Now get out of here right here. Yeah. Because we understood what the value was, mm-hmm. you know, but they've lost that sense of value of thinking that, okay, let's reward them now mm-hmm. because, you know, we so, may have nothing to reward yeah, later. Right. I might well, not the walk next, the stage. They're already putting a negative already. Right. Yeah. Already years From an before. early age. Yeah. Now um, let's talk about housing because mm-hmm. there is an issue in this community of quote unquote white flight. Mm-hmm. And it's not just white people that have flew the coop in Peoria. There's a lot of uh, blacks, Hispanics, and other groups. It's like, okay, you get a little change. If you can afford to live in Dunlap, Edwards, or wherever, Metamore, or Washington, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's majority white people that have left and fled this community. So what can you do about that? You can't make them come back. No. Well, and should you hate on them for being able to leave? No, my thing is, and I always, like I said, I only know from my experience and and um, what my parents did. Um, they were redlined in Galesburg uh, right before they built the house that I was born in. My mom went to rent the apartment, and then when my dad showed up, they told him to get out. So, um, but because your mom looked passable, yeah, yeah, and my dad is dark, so. Uh, I thought he was light, too. No, no, that's Uncle Mickey. My dad was Jimmy. I'm confused. Yeah. Um, But anyway, uh, what they did was they they lived next to my grandmother when she was pregnant with Amy, and then they decided to build the house. And so what they did was they saved her salary. She was getting top dollar as a nurse in 1969 at 225, and then he worked at Dick Blick. And so... They saved hers and lived off of his, but they were able to buy the land that our house was on. And um, so $2,000 for the lot, $2,000 for the lumber. And I don't know here in Peoria if they have any programs like that. Yeah, you're knocking down houses, and I'm all about the the pocket parks and whatnot. But if it's already zoned residential uh, and, and, you know, somebody couldn't handle their business and uh, was foreclosed on, why wouldn't you want to rebuild on the on something that's already zoned for residential i i, I don't get that yeah that that is uh, a big problem in our poor neighborhoods we're seeing more and more empty lots but no plan to grow Mm-mm. to rebuild no. and you would think that some builder would have the mindset to come in and build but it's no investment it yeah. goes back to everything we're talking about today mm-hmm. there has to be some kind of community development investment back into those mm-hmm. things. If we can't get a grocery store in a community, you still ain't going to get a new house in the community. True. Because That's of true. the fact, if you're not getting books in schools, new books in schools, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to get anything else new up in there. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that there has to be a concern some kind of community developing in those areas. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why the form for these new candidates is so important as well because you're, you're, you're going for an office 
but what are you going to do when you get in that office? Mm-hmm. What is the issues that you want to really tackle and face when you get in those offices of saying, hey, we have the disparity in this city in areas that, mm-hmm. that we need to correct. There's some things that are not being developed. And, and what we're seeing is nice on Water Street, but we have some other streets and other parts of community mm-hmm. that need some economic development in there. Because unless the city starts spending money, yeah, I know they, 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 they broke and, and they, they got this deficit they're trying to face and all this. But, but they find it for certain things. I was just about and, to say yeah. that. They and, can pull it out when they yeah. want. Oh, when yeah. they want. Yeah, but, but it's, it's interesting to the point of understanding that, that they're reaping what they sow, too. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that you won't help the poor, the, because of the fact that you won't help these other economic areas, everything that they do is not going to serve them well Mm -hmm. because of the fact that they're doing something that's even against God's principles that they're not even taking care of those that need Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so there's no way that they're going to be blessed behind what they're doing anyway and so the best thing for them to do is realign their thinking Mm -hmm. and look at their city because the things that they're not doing is their weakest link the communities the, the not being developed is showing, and now these new studies keep coming out, showing where the holes are in this city. Yeah, because in, in the 15 years that I've been here, it's like the urban sprawl. When I mm-hmm. when I came here, Grand Prairie was the cornfield. Mm-hmm. Now it's the Mecca, and mm-hmm. it's got, you know, the Beverly Hills of the library and the yep. uh, tricked-out high V and all that. And then you go out North Knoxville, mm-hmm. and I always said you're not a town until you have a Walgreens and McDonald's. Guess what's out there on, on um, uh, six, and all that out there. So it's like that. Those are the the growth spots, and the inner city is just dying. And that's all Peoria County. Mm-hmm. So that's money that oh, is sure. not going to certain areas of Peoria right. County, yeah. but it's going out there. And the yeah. road to nowhere out there on Pioneer Parkway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All part of the development scheme of going around mm-hmm. the areas mm-hmm. yeah. that are really needed to be developed. And I've always just thought that it was horrible and I know Karen on another show that we do and I've mentioned this that it makes me so angry that banks their ratio of loaning mm-hmm. to black mm-hmm. people whether it's mm-hmm. to purchase a home or a business mm-hmm. either one is so low. Mm-hmm. It's like in communities like that, you know, incentivize people to give them a loan to build a home on those empty lots. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Or give them an opportunity because I have always said that (laughs) it makes no sense to me that if you can afford six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month for rent, your doggone sure can pay a mortgage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you have a history of paying your rent, paying your rent on time over a number of years, then that in and of itself should tell a bank, okay, if this person can pay X amount of dollars for rent, they can pay X amount of dollars for a mortgage. Why not give that individual a chance? It makes no sense to me. It's so discouraging when you go through the different neighborhoods, and I call it the others. When you see the the others with the little Christmas lights and they get a loan, and here I am, I've been here and, and probably using my tax dollars 
to pay for that and I can't even, you know, get a nail salon or, you know, or not even that. How about uh, an art gallery or something? You know what I'm saying? A grocery store. A grocery store would be <laughs> nice. Yeah. But that goes back to, again, the issue of segregation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what's being done inside of communities mm-hmm. and everywhere, especially in African-American community from what banks that we deal with mm-hmm. that are that, that are looking at loans and, and and bypassing those loans because of the fact that they feel that investing in that African-American community or this African-American family may not be a viable option for them and they might not have the money or the resources that are credit is not there. If they do give you a loan, the interest rate's gonna be through the there. roof, yeah. yeah. You know, you already know that, that. sets you up for failure mm-hmm. with an yeah. interest rate that's yeah. ridiculous. You know, and that's part of the big problem too. They give you the money, they they're, they're going to make something off you. Yeah, you know, they're going to try to drag you through mm-hmm. for that little change in which they're trying to you trying to get from them. And so that's the reason why us being who we need to be is to go back to that entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Developing businesses. I like to see Seaway Bank come this way, an African American bank mm-hmm. come to this part of the city. You know, we got places. You know, and a lot of the African Americans in this city, they bank a lot through SefQ, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. If you're going to bank through SefQ, let's make SefQ be responsible of reinvesting back yeah, into the Yeah, hold them accountable. Like, what are you doing you in know, certain areas in this community? Just, what are you doing to give back? Period. They give you a, a good little check at the end of the year. Don't let that buy you, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to understand you want a greater investment in this community where you're putting your money. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of things that we, we have to look at that is that bank or where we're putting our money really going to invest in the community the way that we needed to invest in the community. Mm-hmm. And we got to look at all those things. Mm-hmm. So what are some other solutions? I know we've mentioned a lot of them, but. What are some other solutions? Well, definitely um, education, history, knowing our history. I mean, happy Black History Month. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Um, You know, people need to know from whence we came, and we're so much more than Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and... and We were doing good to learn that in Galesburg. Oh, for real. Let's keep it real. For real. For (laughs) real. But I was like, how about Reginald Lewis? How about Ron Brown, who were economic giants? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, yeah, Reginald Lewis was the first... African-American billionaire that I can remember Mm -hmm. and now you've got the guy I can't remember his name but there is a black guy that's behind a carnival cruise line Mm -hmm. and um, and every time I always feel good every time I go into uh, Olive Garden and Red Lobster that's us Mm -hmm. oh is it that's us yeah I was just there at my birthday yeah so um, you know (laughs) so aspire to that instead of you know being an owner of the team instead of always bouncing the ball or throwing the basketball you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying Mm -hmm. So that that's something. That's again, cool. my mom was instrumental with with my brother. He he played for for the Silver Streaks, and when it came time that's for him in to Galesburg for people, yeah, down now. okay. <laughs> and uh, but you know she made sure that he went to Purdue on an academic scholarship, mm-hmm. not sports. And um, you know, and then he uh, went to uh, um, yeah he did his undergrad at Purdue, and then he went to Duke University and got an MBA and started his own business at thirty three years old. So 
And another thing, back to education again, and there's this, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Facebook that people are complaining about the current um, superintendent and how she was up for a raise. And my thing is, like, I'm all for you getting a raise, but you should earn it. So, and I can't speak enough on how well of a job she's doing or not to know that she's earned that. Karen, do you know anything about what's going on with um, our school district? No, because I, I don't really have kids, so I can't, I don't have real time. Um, I, I did see that in the paper, and then I was a little disturbed about them, uh, you know, I mean, they had to close the school, but why didn't they implement this distance learning thing at the beginning of the year? I was like, Richwoods has been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when they would close, or not Richwoods, but Notre Dame. Notre Dame will be, oh, we're closed today, so everybody, you know, report to your um, computers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you... Because a lot of people, I mean, even some of the, um, it's my understanding, even some of the teachers were like, the night before, they're like, okay, we're starting this program, you know, pick something for the kids to do or whatever. Yeah. So I was a little taken aback on that. It was really kind of like, yeah, there needs to be more forward thinking. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of touched on that. It's like, hello. Yeah. Let's be proactive instead of reactive. Mm Mm-hmm. My thing is, and all the jobs that I've had from from Kmart on up to now, you have to be the every person. You need to know all of it. Be be prepared because you can't predict the future. And so you need to know all the steps. So if if you know a patient comes up and needs to do X, Y, and Z, I need to be able to do that. Then say, oh well, I don't know. I've never done that before. You can't say that. That it's too late. Then, and you dealing, know. And dealing with what we were just out, the kids been out of school mostly all week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they did implement that, one of the things that um, um, my daughter brought up, and she's like, Daddy, everybody don't have a computer right. at home. Everybody don't have internet. Mm-hmm. I said, well, it'll be one of the biggest wake-up calls for them because mm-hmm. all of those days, those kids that don't do that work or hand it in, they're counted as absent. Right, it's zeros, so, which and, is horrible. Yeah, and but the whole deal of it is it'll show them where they are also when it comes to computer technology at home. Mm-hmm. And where where that is lacking at as well. Just because you make it affordable and the and the cheap internet that they do give Comcast gives for free or whatever it is, so it's just barely enough for you to do the work that you have to do. Right. Well, mm-hmm. if everybody's on there, then it mm-hmm. you know it gets it interrupted slows or down whatever. Even yeah. More. It slows down. Yeah. But it it just shows the division and disparity of what's out there in the African community because dealing with technology, dealing with the things that are going out there and stuff like that, we don't invest like that into those kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the problem where we have to change our mindset on a lot of those different things. We can't just wear it and drive it and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some other things in between those things and education has to be one of those primary things that we invest in so we can continue to grow in those areas and different things like that because it's going gonna, it's gonna to show something. When they get back in school, all those that don't bring that work, they're like, oh, right, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. And on, on the old schoolers like us, I'm like, it's a snow day. You know, we didn't do no homework. It's no, a snow that, day. A couple of the people that I work with, they're like, if they get, do it, fine. If they don't, yeah. all right. You know, it was so. a, a snow day. That's the reason why you had snow days. Mm-hmm. You know, you had so many snow days. You, we, we figure you get out in the middle of June now. Instead of end of May, you get out in June. You did what you had to do. Right. But it's the whole fact of, okay, you're still not facing the problem of giving them the quality of education that they Mm -hmm. need and bringing the level up. Mm -hmm. You know, shouldn't nobody have to share a book? 
Right. And the the addition shouldn't be five years old or something crazy. Right. You know, different <laughs> things like that. When you go, if you go into a school system and you see those kinds of different things, that shows there's a problem somewhere. You know, everything now is like this. You know, one day my, my child will come in, maybe before they get out of high school, she'll be talking to Alexa. Alexa, pull up my homework. Alexa, gonna pull up the homework or something, you know, mm-hmm. and this and this and that. Alexa, what's the answer to this and this and this and that? You got all this technology around you. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they still need to. I, yeah. I'm, I'm an old schooler and an old librarian too. I said that that uh, des- Dewey Decimal System is a rite of passage, okay? Mm-hmm. So you still need to know how to research, uh, cite, and everything. Mm-hmm. All this stuff online is good, but you still need to know the fen- fundamentals. Yeah, Absolutely. it can make you academically lazy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for gonna, sure, it's going to make you lazy, and let yeah. them let them take away um, arithmetic and 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 in the ways that we used to do it by hand. Mm-hmm. They're already trying to take away writing. Yeah. yeah, they've taken away cursive, yeah. which yeah. I think is bizarre. Yeah. They want to take away writing totally out of school mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the fact that everything is computerized and this and this and that. But if those computers break down, what are you supposed to do? You got to have a communication method. Yeah, you know this generation has knows how to, has to know how to write. Mm-hmm. You got to know how to have and that, that. It makes you vulnerable when you are that dependent yeah. on your computers. Yeah. I, I mean, say we're just that a hack away from being in the dark. We are. Well, we had that because um, I'm I'm with the Unity Point, and we I feel like somebody was after us in 2018 because we had the security breach, and then they had a power outage. And I said, how does a major conglomerate not have a backup and a backup for the backup? I mean, it was like a perfect storm because they lost power. Then they went to another spot. Well, no, it got knocked out by the tornado. There was a tornado. Then mm-hmm. they moved stuff to the n- new spot, and then somebody cut the fiber optic cable at the new spot. And I'm just like, you know. But we were paralyzed because everything mm-hmm. is computerized. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got the – so if you're on Epic, you know, that's nationwide that they can mm-hmm. open up your stuff. And yep. so – and I, I say that every day. I was like, sometimes I feel like I hear clicking in my sleep for all the clicking that I do. Mm-hmm. all day long and I said sometimes I feel like it would be easier just to fill out a form and have you sign it by hand than to go through all that but mm-hmm. you know at least I know how to do it by hand if I need to I can actually go to a file cabinet and actually look it up without having to just you know click it so yeah but those days are bad. I know <laughs> uh, and when I started doing it I was glad we went to the computer but you still need to know <laughs> absolutely <laughs> one final thing before we get out of here what role does you know you being a pastor I also <laughs> I always have to ask you a question oh, that's it's got to be one <laughs> <laughs> what role does the church have in community development and giving back to the community oh it's got a big one now and I think churches have to change the way that they're doing business mm-hmm. inside the community it's not just coming in the four walls but it's about developing what programs that church itself can develop for that community to serve that community mm-hmm. one of the things that we're looking at doing is bringing job fairs from certain businesses to the south side mm-hmm. and we got one that's on board that could bring trades mm-hmm. Skills to the south side mm-hmm. and you go through their program if you're chosen to go through there you go through the apprenticeship and you're hired on a job mm-hmm. and only thing you have to do is be faithful to that program show up do the things that you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and you can get trained for a job and all that kind of stuff and those are the kind of things that you have to bring there you got to look at what those needs are and where you can look to find 
to close those gaps out in the community. And church has always been a, a, a pillar stone of the community, mm-hmm. but the role of the church is going to change a lot because mm-hmm. now it has to step up and meet certain needs that are going to be there to help push the community in the direction that it needs to be pushed in. And that's a Christian principle. Yeah. When you when you look at the Bible, yeah. Jesus fed people because mm-hmm. he knew that he had to address their humanity, their human needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In order to to be able to serve service them spiritually, yeah, and you might have to even invent some things yeah. to meet those needs to make sure mm-hmm. those things are met. Even if you don't, you're not doing it now. You might have to look and search out ways of bringing certain programs or different things to that community mm-hmm. because you have to be engaged, and that's the only way. That's the only way it's going to happen. Absolutely. Well, it's good to hear that you're forward thinking in your church, and I hope that spreads to others. So thank you, Pastor Brown and Karen Wilson. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Always. Oh, yes. You guys always just offer just invaluable information to the show. So thank you all for your time. Always. And uh, thank you, Pastor Brown, for bringing this um, subject to me about segregation in Peoria. Because Mm -hmm. like I said before we started recording, it's like I knew it intellectually mm-hmm. that it was a problem mm-hmm. but to see that someone actually did a study about it and it kind of puts it more in your face when it's in black and white then mm-hmm. you're like wow once again our community is number one for something terrible but it's up to us to change it yep. yes you know absolutely. leaving is not an option like i tell everybody i said if i leave then that means i'm being punked out and i don't back down from nothing so we have to make it better for the ones behind us. Yeah, the fight is on. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. The fight is absolutely. on. Absolutely. As always, we encourage our listeners to join this conversation at our Get Happy With Jay Facebook page or at the website, gethappywithjay.com. Do you have a topic you'd like for us to discuss? Would you like to be a guest? Just let me know, and I would love to have you on. Until next week, everyone, do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish. It's self-care and be thinking about how you can make a difference in your community because although we've mostly focused on Peoria, Illinois, the issues that we've discussed today, it's happening all across the country and it may even be happening in your community. So bring awareness, spread the word, and do what you can. Until next week, take care.